Welcome to this week's Monday meeting. Today is September 27th, 2021. Wow. Uh, Monday meetings are a chance for motion designers all over the world to connect and ask questions, share inspiration, or hear presentations and interact with industry leading artists on an equal playing field. Today, I'm your host, Mark Snozia, and we have a good group of people here with us. And this week's topic was suggested last week by George uh, about saying no or something to that effect. So without further ado, we'll just jump right in and I'll throw it over to George to walk us through his question or topic. George, so was, take it, it away. Was suggested by myself, but then remembered by Jen, who's put it in the chat to remind me how to say no without using your schedule as an excuse. Uh, the uh, I'm overwhelmed with work, uh, and I just don't know how to say no. And the few times I have, I've just literally shown them my calendar. I said, I can't do it. I'm working all the time here. Is there, firstly, is there a way to say no to a client you like without hurting their feelings, somehow making them love you more for the fact that you're busy but can't do it? And the second question is the same as the first, because that was kind of two questions. I think I got through that. Yes. I'd say have referrals lined up. If you can't do it, you'll find someone who can. That's usually what I try to do. So that way they're still coming to you and eventually you'll be able to work for them. But for now, you're their hub for everybody else. That's usually how I do it. I really like that referrals. Just it's one of my favorite things to do in life with a difficult problem is to kick it down the road to someone else. And it's kind of doing that with referrals. It's like, ah, I know someone. But only with clients you like, because yeah. I don't want to refer people I like to clients I know are going to be a pain. Yeah. I thought the question originally was supposed to be how to say no to a client you don't like to let them know that you don't want to work with them ever. Oh, let's do that <laughs> one as well, because I really would love to hear your answer. I mean, I don't really have one. I miss mean, them. Does I make ghost plants here. Uh, no, I mostly say my backups are also booked, and unfortunately, I can't. I can't yeah. refer anybody. Quote them quadruple. No, don't do that either. I've had I've had clients call bluffs on that. So, it, and when really no amount of money would have made the drama worth it. I mean, maybe for some of you guys, it's worth it, but for me, it's no. I'd, I'd rather pick a take a, a lower paying job. <laughs> that's drama free than a higher paying job. That's going to give me more stress <laughs> or activate my ulcer. <laughs> I don't know. Quadruple pay. I would do a lot of things for that that I wouldn't be <laughs> proud of. Well, so are you turning work? Oh, go ahead, Chris. No, sorry. Also, hello, everybody. I've been, I've been wanting to join one of these meetings for months now and I'm finally getting in and I'm really glad that my first contribution is bad advice. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> I was just right thinking about the fact that, uh, that the, the advice that I just gave for trying to say no to something is also the same thing when we talk to people about people that don't understand their value and you're trying to get them to, they, they always want to underbid themselves because they're just like, they're just so afraid of not getting the gig and they don't want to give sticker shock. And it's like, no, no, no. Just offer, put, put it the amount in your head that you would bid for something and then triple it. And you're going to be surprised how often people are like, okay, okay. Yeah, where do I, you know, send, send the invoice here kind of thing. So yeah, you're right. Uh, Jen's very right in the idea of, yeah, you're going to be surprised. You know, you're going to be like, oh, I'm going to tell them the FU price to get them to go away. And then they're like, yeah, sounds great. And you're like, oh crap. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think one thing that we even talked at Camp MoGraph about this year, just on like little side talks and conversations was like, and this could almost apply to so many different scenarios in terms of dealing with clients and, and work, but just saying like completely straight faced and honest and like you're on their side of things, but just saying like, you know, anything's possible with time and money. And like, I just don't have much time right now. Um, so if you, if the budget's there, I'd be happy to like, you know, oversee this and kind of run point on the project and hire some trusted people I know. Um, or, you know, I'd be happy also to just pass that along to them or whatnot. And chances are, if it's a client that you've worked with in the past, and you have a relationship with, they're going to be like, oh, no, no, no. Like you run point. We love working with you. 
like, you know, um, something like that, which I guess is not saying no. <laughs> yeah. It's saying yes to something else. <laughs> it's saying yes to something else, but like, I don't know. I mean, part of like my gut says at the same time, like if you're thinking about building more of a, of a business other than just yourself, these are like the prime opportunities to start kind of, you know, dabbling in, you know, essentially directing or producing jobs in hiring on talent to help. One last thing I would, I would add, if it's someone that you like and you don't necessarily have a referral, one thing that I have said with people, especially when I'm too booked is basically like, I respect you too much to say, yes, I don't have the bandwidth. The product that you're going to get from me is just not going to get you what you deserve for this, I would love to help you, but I, I'm afraid that I would disappoint you with my current availability. And you'll be surprised how often they're just like, they love that answer. I respect yeah. you too much. That is, I'm writing that it. down now. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. I never write anything down. Or just that like, like, this is a great project and I, I just won't be able to give it the time it deserves right now. You know, yeah, exactly. just something as easy as that, where you're like, this, this sounds great. I just, ah. I just can't do it, but, you know, happy to pass on some names. And honestly, like for me, if I pass on your name, George, to someone and, and like, then I see the, the project go great. It's like a high for me too. I'm like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Like, you know, that's just me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I think that just being genuine and honest, I think that's going to go a lot further because I feel like too when I'm hired by people it's not always about skill it's always about they like working with me because I make their life so much easier and I'm friendly and I take critique well and it's like it's their or it's our project not my project and stuff and I feel like so many more people will pay top dollar for a low drama contractor so I try to be that as much as I can Um, and yeah being honest with them helps build that that trust for for work later well, also, I, I just revisited this one link on YouTube, uh, but it was an old video that Barton gave. It was like a presentation that Barton from ABC gave at some like meetup or whatever that they recorded. And it was like the business of motion graphics. And there's just so many like little gold nuggets in it, too, because I think it was from maybe 2016 or so. So it's a few years old and like obviously already been chewed was at a different stage at that point too. Like they were still producing amazing work, but not, they aren't at the, they weren't at the point they are now. But anyway, he was like, essentially you fill your schedule and then you start cutting out sleep and you're like, ah, shit. So what you do is you raise your rates and then you raise your rates until your schedule fills up again. And then you're overworked and then you raise your rates again and you you just keep doing that like incrementally. And uh, it's one way to keep, you know, your sanity. And then all of a sudden your rate might be high enough where you're not doing as many jobs, but it's easier. There's not many quick fire jobs or whatever it may be. Right. But it's, it's just that slow kind of like step, like fill it, raise rates. You might lose a couple of clients, but then you'll gain some and you know, you just keep stepping up. And putting savings away for taking time off. If you need to take a solid week or even a solid month, that's definitely a way to do it. How do you do it now, George? Uh, oh, I don't. I uh, <laughs> see these bags under my eyes now. I just say yes all the time. I uh, I don't know how to say no. Uh, I, and even saying, let me, I wrote this down. I respect you too much, but I'm never going to say that. Uh, they, they're ringing me up. I say, can you do this? I go, yes, consider it done. Uh, and it's always going to be the way with me. So really, I came in here with a false question. I was never going to take any of your advice. Aww. I was always going to say who I was. I mean, that's the way with asking advice. George, I I used to be you. I used to be you, like, about five years ago. I said yes to everything, and I about died. And that's not an exaggeration. There's so many people in this industry that just end up burnt out with health problems, and their life, it's like, all that money you just earned, you're not going to live long enough to spend all of it. But the first thing that, the first thing that started get, getting me to say no was I started saying no to toxic clients. 
And I started saying no to projects that I couldn't believe in. And then once I started getting in the rhythm of saying no and having the world not fall apart, which is the big thing. Once you've like, once you've realized, oh, I can still pay my bills. I still have other projects. The world doesn't hate me. The client didn't just jump on social media and trash me because I dared to not be available. The world moves on. And I, and I would also say that the, the clients that I say no to that I want to work with, I have like a 90% success rate that they come back to me a second time and like, okay, what about now? So yeah, it's, it is really scary because it feels like when you are a freelancer that saying yes is how you put food on the table that the not taking that option always feels scary when you're first starting to do it. But I have found that saying no to things has incru- has improved my quality of life. It has made me more available for the things I want to do. And it has led to people respecting our work and wanting to be a part of what that is. It's like, okay, well, how do we turn that into a yes? And I'm like, all right, let's talk. What's, you know, let's go into the future. And our rates went up. Like since that time, our rates are like 60% higher than what they were. So yes, I, I cannot recommend it enough. Just look in the mirror and just practice saying no. Just practice the syllable and you'll get there. I believe well, I- in you. I'll, I'll say this too, George, like, you know, you're part of the daily call and stuff that we have over on discord and for better, or for worse, it kind of sounds dumb, but like even just role playing it and like getting used to saying no and actually hearing yourself say it. And this works for budget conversations or anything like that, like actually getting it out of your head. And like, the more you say it, the, the least or the less weird it sounds. Right. So like, um, yeah, I don't know, but I rarely say no too. I, I'm too nice of a person. I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And yeah, but like I've really started to try to practice to do more because like I could take on a little job and be like, yeah, okay. And then tomorrow I'll get hit up for like this perfect job that I really wanted to do. And now I don't have as much time. So like really trying to like make sure that I'm in a sense thinking of myself then too, because like I, I don't want to just churn and burn, you know, projects. Like I want to be vested in them and like create the stuff that I really enjoy doing. And I'm proud to be sharing like a little two second logo animation. Like, you know, I could take it or leave it honestly, but like, I don't know. Again, just me. I have advice on this. What if you don't say no, but you create your own bouncer? Like when you're working with a client and you have a contract and they go out of scope, you use your contract as your bouncer. Be like, I'm not saying no, but the contract says. And so you could do something like that. Like what I do on my LinkedIn, I have, this is what I'm available for. It's a very specific project. It has to be an explainer video, has to be under two minutes. And you have to have completely like approved boards for me to be interested at all. So whenever people ask me things, I'm like, oh, it's on my LinkedIn what I'm available for. So it's like, I'm not saying no, but my LinkedIn says I'm only available for that. So it's a way to kind of skirt that. So you don't actually have to say no. Also giving a job to someone else feels great. I dare say it feels better to give a job to someone you like or like are in contact with than getting the job if it's like a stressful situation. Because like I've had situations where like I either I was referred or I just got the job and it's like, hey, I need this also near by 5 p.m. And me going like, ah, um, but I already know someone that like can do it today. So I can literally be like, this person's available now. Like you, you can still get me. I'll be done by next week or you can get someone today. And they're usually be like, we need someone now. And then like, A, you got someone that's grateful and B, the client's grateful and C, now you've got another option. So the client can actually say like, I can wait. And then it's like, sweet, if you can wait, I got time. But if you can't wait, here's someone. And then like, I don't know, feels good. If, then again, you need money in the first place. But if you don't need money like tomorrow, then it actually feels a lot better. And then if enough people come to you for stuff that you can't do, you, you're now a design agency. You're a consultant or a headhunter. Yeah. Then you yeah. can pay yourself a percentage. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like saying yes to something. I'm trying to say that. <laughs> 
I mean, come on, what are we doing? You're giving me more work. I'm trying to say no, and now I'm ahead of a design agency. Let's just slow it down. Just an option. It's just, you know. Uh, well, if anyone has other thoughts on this, I'd, I'm sure we'd all love to hear it or have gone through similar scenarios where maybe you've gotten overloaded with work because you've said yes too many times and like dealing with that project management and all that. I see. Um, is it Erdem? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Adam, yeah. Right on. Nice to see yeah. you, man. Hello, guys. Thank you. Nice to see you all. Um, I can say no as well, but uh, I want to share my experience with a client. Uh, we've been working for more than two years, I guess, about video editing stuff. And when I first met her, uh, it was really easy to figure out that uh, uh, she was a low-paying low client. So uh, I started to give her discounts instead of dealing with her houses, you know. And then after a while, she started to complain about the discounted prices as well. So... <laughs> After two years, uh, finally last month, I managed to say no, I can't work for uh, this amount of money. And then she just left. And uh, right now I lost the client, and it was really a big relief. You know, I'm, I'm really lucky to you know, lose that client finally. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point because, I mean, if you're just, you know, tied to a certain client that's not either respecting your time or your value or whatever it may be, yeah, it, that's going to be a grind and a burn, even though you're not necessarily doing a lot of work or something, you know, like it, it's still like you're still kind of tied to this old thing. Uh, and I mean, that's that's great that you finally we're like just no this is where i'm at and if they don't want to stay that's that's fine you know there's it's a large world out there and what we do is a very sought after uh skill set these days especially um so that yeah that's great man anyone else have any thoughts on just saying no in general or like um projects i would say this mark you gave some great advice it was uh july of last year and you said uh whenever you're doing discounted rates put your full rate on and then put the discount underneath subtract it so people see what they're you know it's not just a mate's rates it's like hey that's my rate that's what you get off of being a mate or a good client and just putting it on the invoice so it's there i've done that ever since i i love it oh nice Yeah, I I mean, oh, go ahead, Jen. I'll say I do that with new clients. I always put the rate that I know what their rate's going to be next time because usually it'll take maybe six months to a year for them to circle back anyway. So my rates will be higher by then. And then I give them discount, which is actually my rate, but to them it's the discount. So it builds trust right away. Um, Yeah. Also, George, try saying no to this dog. I want nothing to do with that uh, dog. That's uh, no, a hard no. Oh! Uh, I only love dogs if I'm in the same room. It doesn't work over a webcam. Lucky dog pancake, I don't care. It could die in front of me, I wouldn't care. That one, I don't care. It's missing an eye, it's very sad. Uh, George, George, you're underselling it. You're underselling yourself. If you're able to say no to a dog, you can say no to a client. You can absolutely do it. Yeah. A dog only pays me with love and affection, which admittedly I am so hungry for. But a client pays me <laughs> money, which gets me things. I like that too. <laughs> that um, putting putting the discount or whatever on a invoice is definitely huge. However you do it and whatever numbers you have just for many times, you know, the client will always refer to that invoice or to the, the, um, the original estimate or even a contract or whatever with, you know, all this documented in it. So if you're just, uh, essentially billing your discounted rate, they're going to say, Hey, last time you did it for X amount, like, why is it, twice the amount now, you know? So again, clarifying why you might put it on there, but I've always um, done that once, ever since I got that kind of information 
that suggestion and, I, and it's definitely helped in projects. Have you seen it help at all? Have people come back and asked you for a certain rate? Cool. <laughs> I will say I've, uh, I started out when I, I've been freelancing for like a year and a half now. When I started out, it was the same as everyone where I charged way too little. I was scared to say, you know, what my rate should have actually been because I was scared of get, getting told no. And I've been like, you know, raising and raising my rate to the point where it's like uh, almost like over doubled, almost tripled now of what I was starting at a year and a half ago. And I've... I just do it like every new job or client I get, I just say like a higher hourly or project or day rate or whatever. And I've literally never had anyone come back and say that's too much, unless it's like a project that I'm getting reached out to for that. I just know there's no chance that I'm going to ever, their budget is nowhere near what I would have even originally worked for. So, um, yeah, it's just, I, I've just never had anyone come back against any sort of a higher rate or anything that I've always just been like, okay. And I'm always worried about it. I would say, Oh man, here, here it is. They're going to fight me on it. And it's going to be real hard to say no to it, or maybe I'll have to say yes, but uh, yeah, I've just never ran into it. I've been raising the rate, my rate for like a year and a half now to get it up to like a normal rate. And uh, I've never had a pushback on it. Even with people I've worked with multiple times, I just tell them what it's going to cost again. Uh, and they've never even asked about, well, last time you charged us this, um, I just haven't had that even brought up. So if what I like to do too, it's like towards the end of the year, if my schedule is kind of light or I know that I don't have anything booked for like January through March at the end of the year, I'll be like, Hey, if you worked with me this year, I will lock in that same rate if you book me between January and March by the end of the year. And so that, that's kind of helpful. I'm like, but my rates are going up <laughs> if, if, you know, January 1st. So it's a, it's a nice way. Also, it's a helps light a fire under you to actually like update your website. So then you can actually go to them with like, Hey, this is what the new stuff that I worked on this year. Hope you're excited. Hey, putting this, this deal down. Um, if you want to participate, you know, hit me up. Um, so that's always good. I did have one client actually that I told them my rate and then they ghosted for three months and then they came back to me hat in hand saying, look, we went with someone cheaper. They totally botched our project. We're coming back to you because we realized that you do have value. So, you know, just, you know, hang tight to your rates. Definitely. Uh, it, it's worth it. People will, they will start recognizing your value. The right clients will anyway. That's that's cool you said that, Jen, because that's literally happening to me right now. I just did a um like a proposal for a project and they just have ghosted me. And I have a feeling they're gonna reach out sooner. I'm hoping. So we'll see. <laughs> but I'm yeah, like, okay. hey, you know, you want more stuff, it's gonna cost more money. It's kind of what it ended up with them. So it's not like I just raised my rate. You know, it's and it's hard to charge more when you have a, a client, no matter what it is. But yeah, all good advice, guys. Yeah. Hopefully they come back and they get back to you sooner than later. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> For sure, go ahead. Yeah. Your hands up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, regarding saying no, uh, how do you say no to someone in a way like, I don't want to work with you at all? Because I, I recently kind of had a very, uh, very bad experience with a client. Uh, she called me up. It was a studio and uh, she said she wanted a, just a trans small uh, scene uh, transition that she needed help with. And in the end, they ended up making me do uh, like, uh, you know, it went out of the contract and basically uh, until I signed the contract and agreed, uh, they were all very, uh, you know, very nice and like polite and everything but once uh, I, start, I started working it was like uh, it was like I was their slave like you have to do everything so how do you try to make, like tell them I don't want to make the, uh, you know work with you at all and the thing is uh, there are other freelancers here who actually called me up and asked me like okay who is this person they have reached out to me and they have a uh, like I checked it out and you also have a contact with them so who is this I really want <laughs> and they have had similar experiences uh, just like you know uh, I would love to hear about that 
I would say thank you for the opportunity. This just doesn't feel like a, a good fit um, and good luck with your project. Something really short, sweet, appreciative, but don't recommend your friends. <laughs> yeah, the thing is, I, I almost lost my temper with her. Uh, you know, um, she ended up asking me, I thought you were good. I mean, Ooh. you know, they hire you and they make you do like, 20 something revisions and uh, they still aren't happy with it. And in the end, they end up saying, I thought you were good. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that kind of. Uh, that That's uh, like air siren, red flag warning, run as fast as you can in the other direction. Yep. Michelle, just yeah. leave, give them the project files and go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always, whenever someone gives you a red flag like that, just think of it as being thankful that they let you know who they are and move on. 90% of the time when you're dealing with a toxic client that you're saying no to, after you've said no, they're going to move on because they need to find somebody who's willing to put up with their crap. And that's a lot of work. It's actually a lot of work to find people who will tolerate your BS. And so if you're very firm and you say no, they're not going to waste time because they need to move on to find the next mark kind of thing and if they still continue to to like bug you about it hey you don't owe them any response you don't owe them anything you've said no conversation's over as far as you're concerned and if if you're concerned about well what if they tell other people or something it's like well if they're acting like that chances are other people are going to see how bad of a client they're being and they're not going to you know value their opinion of you and so like it's you, you, it's always good to be setting healthy boundaries with that kind of thing and really making sure that you are valuing yourself and thinking about, okay, what is it that I'm worried about in this situation? What is it that I'm going to gain by replying to this? And you're usually going to find nothing. I'm gaining nothing. I'm going to just let it go and move on to the next gig. So, Well, and I think you did really well too Vishal for not like losing your cool even though you wanted to <laughs> you know because like honestly when it comes down to business business is business and you could you know just say no and like like how everyone's kind of broke it down here very gracefully kind of push it off thank you but no thanks and like you know even if you wanted to scream at the client the fact that you didn't it was a good business practice. And James even said in the, in the chat, don't make it personal. You know, you can, they know they're bad at business or whatever, <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's just, and that's almost like it could almost get glossed over, right. Where we don't necessarily focus on that point. But I mean, if you did lose it, who knows, they might've been able to tell a colleague who knows someone who was looking for animation. So you always have to, you know, treat others how you want to be treated and professionally and all that. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard. Sometimes you have to bite your tongue. <laughs> I know I have, um, but yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, thank you guys. Uh, it's uh, it was like a very uh, interesting experience. I actually had a bunch of other freelancers who uh, lost their temper with them, and uh, that's how I knew that okay, it wasn't just me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and Casey just put in the chat too that she saw a clip of Elizabeth Olsen recently saying her dad used to say that no is a full sentence. <laughs> that's great. That's wow we should all like just sit for a moment and think about that that's really good um yeah that that's great and that's all you have to say right uh, i see george you got your hand up i'm just writing down no as a full sentence but really <laughs> we all know it's not you can't just write no period can you <laughs> who's gonna do that but my question is is <laughs> chris raises chris is a psychopath <laughs> i mean that's my statement not a question no no, no it it Yes. Yes, I can. And it's when, when clients are being abusive and when they are crossing every boundary on earth and you need to set up, like, I have said no. Okay. Just said, You're talking like no. at the end of your tether, they've been abusive and pushed you too far. And you just say, yeah, no, yeah. No, there's no fine. reason to start. Yeah. There's no reason to start with the best <laughs> The client reaches out. Yeah, we're just doing this thing. Yeah. And then it's just, this is the schedule. No. 
<laughs> like no. Well, this office work funny. is so easy. No. <laughs> <laughs> My question is: Is has anyone in this room lost it with a client and you know really just lost? who they were and, and maybe screamed back or, or acted in a way that they wouldn't normally act. Because I've never got there. I've often fantasized about it and thought about it, but I've never come even close, I, I think. I don't know. It's, you know, when yeah, you're being pushed into a corner. I step yeah. away and I vent to my friends. Mm. Yeah. Honestly. I, I, think, I think the times where I've lost my cool the most it's been a thing where I lose my cool and then I come back. Cause it's usually because one of my contractors is being treated badly and it's my job to protect them. We had a client who flew one of our people out to help with the premiere of a thing. And it was really good. It was a really good client overall, but then the minute our developer got there, uh, they expected them to come right from the airport to the place. Um, they had asked us very casually about some hardware um, recommendations and we'd recommended it. And then the part was bad and they were blaming us and they were blaming my developer. And then it was like, well, it's your job to fix it. And he was looking around and seeing that all of these people were working 80 hour weeks and they were just expecting him to just be thrust into that same flow, which was counter to our contract and everything was falling apart and they were basically just dumping on him and i'm on the phone with him and so and the thing was that our point of contact was a friend of mine for like 20 years and the, it was jeopardizing our friendship and so i had i had the ability because i knew him outside of that i was able to call him and say what the fuck man and really just lay out this is unacceptable you are you are you're jeopardizing our friendship right now and this needs to be made whole immediately. You are going to give him an extra hotel day before he has to fly out. And he's going to be paid for that day because of this. And it was all of this negotiation and we were able to make things okay. And the rest of the project was good, but there've definitely been situations where like, okay, you can treat me like crap. Okay, that's fine. You treat one of my contractors like crap. We're this is going to be the chapter in our book where you weren't there for me kind of thing. And so it's, it's definitely one of those situations, but yeah, it's, if, if I'm losing my cool, yes, I will swear. I'll go into another room and lose my cool. But when I go back, I will challenge that. I channel that as much as possible into just basically letting them know, here's the parameters of what's happening. This is not acceptable. This is not okay. Here's what we previously discussed. If you're good, you have in writing why they are being a schmuck and, you know, work from there. Um, but yeah, it happens. And when you're doing a lot of work and you're working with a wide variety of people, it's going to happen from time to time. And mm -hmm. you just try and be as professional as possible while also being honest and letting them know why you feel this way and letting them know what they can do to rectify that. Hmm. Yeah. That's yeah awesome. I, I think that last part is really important where it's like, you know, especially if it's somebody that you have a relationship with, whether it's that's a client or a repeat client or agency, at the end of the day, if it's something that you want to continue on, like having like a postmortem, talking through what went wrong, why you thought it was wrong, like what, like they, they need feedback to know what was wrong. And it's the same way with you, right? Like if you were doing something wrong and you weren't aware of it, you would want someone to say, hey, Jen, like, the way that you gave those animation files, I know that's what you do for everyone else, but like we just didn't have someone here to digest it. And that's not something necessarily bad that you were doing, you just didn't know that. And like that could have been causing frustrations on their end or like they're doing something that they normally do you're not used to, so it causes frustrations for you. Um, apart from just being bad like people or communication, but communication is like really the, the foundation of like everything yeah. that we do. And it's really, really important to always remember never to make it personal because it's not, and that doesn't get you anywhere. Like I, my instance of that is like, I had a producer that I used to work with and I kind of started being bad with them about my interactions. And I was like venting to my wife and she was like, 
you shouldn't be saying those things. Like those things are personal. That's not business. Like you're not helping that at all. And I was like, oh, and it instantly went from me like thinking that I was defending myself to realizing that I was kind of like instigating it further. And so a lot of times it's reflecting on how we're responding to things, but also remembering that at the end of bad projects, like good can still come. And if it's something you want to be fruitful, then like help others, even if you don't want to continue, it's like, Hey, uh, that project went bad for this reasons. Um, thanks for thinking of me. Um, you know, I, I don't think this is like a great fit for me and, you know, I, I, I can defer you to somebody else to work with, but in the future, I would rather, you know, kind of not like continue this. So just handle it as it's business. Yeah. I, I can also give an example of where things went well because of, you know, that is that we had, we had a client that we, so we do HTML broadcast graphics. We do like, uh, like dynamic stuff with, so after effects is something that we're not usually working in a lot. A lot of times we'll have another vendor who, who will do motion graphics and we'll get a suite of after effects files and we have to convert it into HTML to work inside a live broadcast. This is a really common thing for us. Sometimes we do it ourselves. A lot of times we do it ourselves, but sometimes they'll be like, yeah, we already have the visuals. We just need it converted and coded. I'm like, okay, great. We have this big event and the deadline, the, the vendor who was providing the motion graphics was also providing all of their pre-filmed video content. So they're delivering all of this stuff. So, but they know that they need to give the motion graphics for us to do our thing. Well, that deadline passed two weeks, three weeks, we have nothing. And I'm in these meetings and I'm like, here is the parameters of how this is affecting us. We need this to be able to do this. It's not coming. Okay, we're working on it and everything. And in the past, that would have been something where I'm just like, well, that's just the way it goes. Okay, well, you know, go, we'll, we'll make it work. And finally, we got the graphics and it was like a third of what was on the deliverables list. They were so concentrating on the pre-film content that they weren't giving us stuff that we needed. And so we've worked with the client for a while and they really respect us. And I was like, this isn't acceptable and we need to rewrite the contract. This just, and they like, and they came back pretty quickly and said, we agree. And so they ended up giving us that work and they don't work with that client anymore. We absorbed their work. And at the end of that event, I was on hand, I was helping with stuff. And they so appreciated that we stepped in and spoke about it and gave them the ammunition to be able to go back to their bosses and say, we can't work with this vendor anymore. Here is the effect of it. They were so appreciative of that, that they ended up coming back and saying, Hey, uh, add, just add another like X amount to your invoice. Like we're just going to give you the rest of the available budget we had because you helped us out so much in so many different ways. And I was just kind of like stunned. Like, like that never happens where they're just like, Oh, just, you know, just, just throw this onto the, on, on the top. So standing up for that kind of thing, there can be a lot of really good ramifications from that happening because sometimes you don't realize that the person that you're working with agrees with you and just needs to be able to go back to whoever is in power to have that change and say, look, I have the ammunition to, that says this doesn't work. We need to change things. So it can, it can be really helpful. Nice. Thanks for sharing. That's a, that's just some great advice and great stories as well. Um, I think also, you know, just certain things that come down to saying no to is like, I don't know. And maybe this is in the same vein as George's uh, follow-up question, but like, has anyone ever had to like kind of fire a client? Right. Like um, I, the only time I've ever had to do it was uh, early on in my freelance days, just hungry for work, took on a job and Obviously, they had no idea what they were talking about in terms of 3D animation, and they were nickel and diming every little thing. And it got to a point where, like, I wanted to scream. And um, luckily, my wife talked me out of that one. <laughs> and, uh, essentially, I just said, you know what? I'm going to cut my losses. Here's my project files, like, of what I've got you to so far. Like, I don't need to hear from you again. And here you go. Like, I, I just, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I will take the loss on this. 
but I just, it was taking up too much time. And, you know, it's that saying of like, uh, whatever, a client who's got 10% of the budget will take up 90% of your time or whatever ratio you want to use there. And that was totally it. So like, I think this keeps going back to the roots of like finding good clients, good communication. And then like, if you get a lot of those pieces in place, hopefully you don't need to say no. Right. And um, it, it, that's a little bit different than George's original question about almost like volume of work and saying no to that. But um, but yeah, I, I, I think it all kind of reroutes in those initial conversations and communications and kind of how you can start that relationship off um, as. My first job, <laughs> I was, it was like a friend of a friend who needed someone who could do graphic design. Um, she was in LA. She was starting this company that was going to pretty much be the niche for everything that was like equestrian in California. All of these equestrian companies and, and these competition horse competitions and product lines were all going to feed through her. So it was going to be amazing. And it was going to be really low pay at the beginning. First red flag did not catch. Um, and then it could grow into a big thing and it's just a few graphics right now. And then it could be animation and what we're, you know, we're going to be, huge um three projects in started realizing i wasn't getting paid on time she would call me after 10 30 to talk about her love life and how she can't sell her horse and all of these things i'm like we're not friends. I just met you and I, you're, you're paying me. What? <laughs> and so all of these things, because I didn't know I was first, it was like my first real freelance job where it was just really me and this other girl. And I think she, yeah, she, I didn't set boundaries, like call, you can only call me between these times. And also she would call me, text me, Facebook message me, Skype me, do all these things. And then she would give me different marching orders on all of them with no sense of priority. Um, I had to pretty much sift through lots of different communications instead of saying like, okay, only email. Um, and then at the end, there was a project where I wasn't getting the assets I needed for the deliverables and she completely ghosted me. And so after two weeks, I'm like, okay, if I don't see these by the end of two weeks, I'm taking the money you gave me ahead of time, keeping it. And then, um, I'm giving you the project files and you could do with what you will, because this was in our contract. I didn't know enough to say that. And then she came back like a month later screaming saying I needed to finish the work that she gave me how dare I and so I gave her the number to my friend who's a lawyer and she stopped talking to me so it, it gets pretty bad if I have to play my like fake lawyer friend card <laughs> but it's also a really really effective <laughs> card to play um, if you do get someone who clearly did not stick to your contract who is trying to threaten you uh, yeah definitely have some sort of I think you can pay like a, a lawyer, like to do a sort of a, a cease and desist or some sort of anything that's like law related. It usually scares off people. They don't want to deal with it. So yeah, that was, that was a hard lesson. So now I, I, my contracts are very, very well worded. Like I don't start work until I, you know, you agree to these things. We're sticking into this, in this boundary. And if we go outside it at all, we're readdressing the contract. So it, it's, it flows a lot better now. <laughs> my, uh, my career. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a thought on that, but I want to go to Tessa first. She's got her hand up. Um, yeah, well you, you had mentioned, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of might change the subject, so maybe you should go first. <laughs> um, just bringing up like, in our conversation of saying no. And then what Jen was saying about like keeping boundaries and that sort of thing. Uh, I just wanted to hear if anyone had experience or thoughts on people who don't like clients who don't have those boundaries. Like I have a producer who's, um, she, I know she has a full-time job and then she's working on this project, you know, after work. So she'll text me at like 10 o'clock at night, asking me for feedback or, or all this stuff that's related to the project. And I, I, sometimes I just ignore it. I've told her I don't work after five, but she just hasn't stopped. And I'm just like, ah, what do you, I mean, I don't want to keep ignoring her, but it like, it's kind of goes into saying no, cause I don't want to be mean at the same time. And like, and like, yeah, so all those boundaries. Ugh. Ah, 
I just saw someone said, do not disturb. That's a new thing that came on iOS 15 that like notifies. Uh, oh, wow. I just okay. updated to that yesterday. I'm getting all these little notifications saying, this is different. This is different. Do you want this? So, <laughs> hey, problem solved right there. <laughs> the do not disturb. I have set at a specific time. So at least I don't get texts or emails or any notifications after a specific time. And that's saved me. Also, I leave my phone in my kitchen now at night. That's a new mm. thing. I don't bring it in my bedroom at all. It's awesome. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Well, and Liam has always been a very big advocate of just setting office hours. And like, if you do have someone hitting you up beyond those, like, Maybe you respond once or twice with like a gentle reminder of like, hey, my office hours from here to here um, and happy to jump on this first thing tomorrow morning um, or whatever. But like setting those boundaries. And I feel like personally, those are even more important now working at home and out of the house with family and like at five o'clock, my kids are going to walk through that door and I can't. I mean, sure, I can be sitting here trying to write an email or finish a render, but I'm going to have kids pulling at my arm like, no, like this is their time. I already don't see them most of the day anyway. You know, so like it's that it's those times away and like you kind of have to set those boundaries. And I don't know. I mean, I still do my best. I'm not perfect at it. I will still take a call at 930 o'clock at night or whatever, you know, but um did I, I just said 9.30 o'clock. 9.30 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea, though, saying office hours. I've seen a few people do that. That's that's pretty pretty cool idea. Yeah, because if you don't, if you give them or... an inch, if you give them an inch, then they just keep taking advantage. This was kind of what happened to me, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that's exactly it. You know, like, it's kind of like, if you break that boundary, then, like, it's like, are we in the friend zone now? Like, can I just hit you yeah. up whenever? Like, you know, so just keeping the boundaries that way. And I th- honestly, I think Liam even has it on his website, like office hours from like 830 to 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And again, important, too, if you're getting hired on even as an artist with, you know, so many studios now looking for work, Um you, you know, I just worked with a studio on the West coast and I was like, Hey, I'm East coast. My hours are this, like, if something's really, really important, I need to hop on a call. I can make time for that. I need a heads up and yada, yada. But like, I really believe that ever since COVID happened and, you know, more and more people are actually like seeing people's homes and seeing their lives and kids zipping across the background, you know, like, it's easier. I think it's easier to actually set boundaries now or people kind of understand it because it humanizes you, um, you know, being in your home on a Zoom call like this. But I don't know. I mean, it, it, I think it's a it's a constant struggle for a lot of us. You just reminded me to double check at some point on my LinkedIn. I did say time zones are a non-starter. Like I could work any time, but I did take that off recently. <laughs> now, like, no hours between this time and this time. That's smart. Lucky, I see you've got your hand up. You're still muted. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh yeah i had a shitty job uh, like that which was an amazing job initially um i worked for a huge company that like was a dream like gig i thought when i was younger and this company made like like tv specials and i did one gig for them and um i loved it it was very short but then the second gig i did for them while working full-time so i could only work for them freelance and i told them in the beginning i was like i can only work so many hours for you and they were like oh that's fine you know we needed like someone now because like it's a rush job and it's like last minute and the last person was so bad which should have been my my biggest red flag and uh and i and i did the work and then they're like oh yeah that sounds that's great that's awesome Revision one. All right, fine. Revision two. Fine. Revision three. Um, okay. And like, it went to the point where I, at one point I did the math, like a, I was working about like, you know, 16 to 18 hours a day for about like a month straight and uh, like constant work. And because it's, it's, it was a, uh, it wasn't like a day rate. It was like a fixed rate. So like at one point I was like, I'm literally earning minimum wage 
this is not even funny at this point. And um, I ended up just emailing like, and I was nice. I was really trying to be professional because I knew the guy before the uh, producer. And this was like for like a, like a big show. So I assumed there were more, more budget. Um, and I said all the things I said, I'm really sorry. My work has been, I, I kind of like bounced into my work. Like my work has been stressful outside of here, trying to be nice. And like, you know, there's a lot of stuff to deal with and I just can't do this many revisions. And financially, this doesn't make sense to me anymore since I'm on revision X and like, I'm not, I'm taking too much time away from my other job. And uh, I don't feel like I'm competent at this point for the amount of revisions you're requesting from me. <laughs> Really long, really dry, trying to be really nice, no emotion, just trying to be completely point by point by point. I just got a response saying, I hope you have a good life. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> that was the last I've heard of him. <laughs> I hope you have a good life. Uh, and I wow. and I had like a working relationship with this person before. Like, like we got drunk together. Like it's like several times at the last like I, I it wasn't a stranger completely. And I was like, all right, like I, like what else do I do? Like, you know, like the driest thing you can say say back of like this is a point. I mean, is there a good way to leave a job like that? I don't know, but like I apart from ghosting the person, there was not nothing else I could do. Dang. That that takes no to a whole new level. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I hope you have a good life. <laughs> I hope you have a good life. Uh, yeah. Um, well, we're starting to we're almost up with time here. I don't know if anyone has anything else they would want to uh, talk about. Feel free to raise your hand. I'll call on you real quick. Um, but what I just revisiting back to the, like the contracts and stuff that Jen was saying, like it's really hard for me like to practice kind of what I preach too in terms of like contracts. Cause I do so many jobs that are like handshake, like me and yeah, we're good. Right. You know, and it's just like through email, like good faith. And I'll say this, it's with people I've worked with before. If it's a brand new client, then there's a contract and all that. But like, if I have a working relationship with people, um, for the most part, I don't have anything specifically in writing signed off on whatever. A lot of it is essentially communicated through email or, or whatnot. So I do feel like there's somewhat of a paper trail, but I'm just curious to know if there's others in this group today that are in a similar position or do you like live and die by the contract? Well, when I say contract, I it's an email. It's basically just a templated thing that I just copy and paste. I'm like, this is how I work. And then I fill in if it's a little different for each project, but yeah, mine's just good faith emails. Usually mm. I've never had to get them to sign off. I at least need a paper trail of them saying, do you agree to this? And then they say, yeah, like here's the, you know, here are the assets. And mm -hmm. I go out that because most of the stuff i'm doing is just like internal explainer videos it's not like broadcast like there's it's not it's not as much pressure to get sure. things you know crossing t's and dotting i's yeah but then you'll have the same you know a business mindset person would say like whether it's a 500 dollars job for this mom and pop store or a 100k job for apple like contract I don't know. Like, I guess your mileage may vary with it. Right. But, um, yeah, I think the most I've had on something like that is like, a, I'm like working on a project now. It's a two minute explainer video I did in two days for 4k. I want more of those projects. <laughs> those are nice. Uh, but yeah, that's all over email. It was like a friend of a friend I went to high school with. It's like, Hey, this guy needs some work. I mean, technically we did have to do a lot of ju hoop jumping cause it's for the Denver school system. So it's a government job, mm -hmm. but even still, I, they had us pretty much break down a quote and send them an official document saying like, this is how much we're going to quote you. Um, and that was really the most official thing that I did for that. See, I put together contracts for every project, but they're usually pretty, they're not super detailed. And I feel like I would want them to be because I feel like it's going to bite me in the ass. You know, like I am working with the client now that it, like they paid me with a credit card when I was expecting a check, but it wasn't in my contract. And now that I have fees associated, I'm like debating if I sh can charge them because I didn't put it in the contract. You know, it was like a lot of, like with Jen, how you said, like I did a lot of emails as far as like changes, you know? So it's like, ah, oh, so I feel like the right thing to do is to have contracts, but a lot of us probably don't, 
Which you can also write that off good. on your tax, write off the fees on your taxes. Is the yeah, easy but still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I've I feel like I'm also like I'm on the wrong spectrum and shouldn't give advice to anybody, but it's like I'm very <laughs> casual with like all of my stuff and like I don't have crazy contracts. The thing that I same thing like I usually try to get like a booking email that says like time that I'm booked for, like if there's a hold period or whatever rate and like what my job is and what the like roles that I'm playing are. Cause then that way, at least it's like, you know, you have leverage of being shifted around. And then also like, you know, like on my invoice, I have payment terms, but usually most places have their own payment terms. So it's like, if they're 30 and I'm telling them to pay me by two weeks, then they're going to hit their 30 anyways, like regardless totally. of what my invoice says. So um, there are a lot of contracts and there's a lot of things that like, you know, are worth protecting yourself from. Uh, I think like, you know, Haley with like motion hatch is like all about the business side of things and helping people build contracts like that. It's worth it. Um, especially if you want to share work, like making sure it's something that you can like share after a certain period of time or share on your website or whatever the, you know, uh, things that you want to do promotional wise with it, make sure that you're covered so that they can't come after you and say, Hey, we never gave you rights to share that outside of our studio, Mm -hmm. like socials. So, um, it can cover things like that. And then also like kill fees is important. You know, you want to make sure there's like, even if that's in your email thing, you know, you want to make sure that, uh, you're saying like, Hey, if this project dies, you're getting at least like the most you can get. Sometimes people won't pay those out, but 50% 50% of whatever the time period was or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like just making sure you hit like the important things that, that you have a little bit of coverage. Yeah. I think she stopped offering it uh, there in chat, the conversation about those because of legal issues with like um, kind of the advice of taxes and stuff. I think she kind of backed off on it, but I think they, she still has a lot of advice for doing that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She took that down. Um, I think earlier, earlier this year or last year, because I was on the fence of getting it. And then she was like, I no longer offer it. I'm like, oh, darn it. <laughs> going to do that. But I think it's also different that if it, depending on your, your role, like if you are pretty much the point person of a project and you have a lot of contractors that you're bringing on, it makes more sense to have more of a contract because you're, you're getting in deeper and riskier situations, especially if you're a client like one-on-one client, I work with production studios. So they handle all of the, the crazy finance and contracts with the client. So if the client pulls any kind of crazy bullshit, like they ghost or something, I'm still getting paid. Um, and I make a little less doing that, but it's peace of mind for me. So I don't have to, I don't have to deal with that. Cool. Cool. Well, uh, just reiterating some things I see in the chat, Jeff, said that his wife is a lawyer and she thought the Haley's contract was a really good contract. So there you go. A little cosign there from Jeff's wife. Uh, And yeah, I don't know if she's still selling it or if it's out there as a free resource now or something. I don't really know, but I'm sure if people are interested, uh, you could probably hit up Haley at Motion Hatch and just either ask a certain question or she might have a revised version or something now. But anyway, um, yeah. If you do have questions, she's a great resource. And I mean, honestly, that's another reason why we do this type of thing too, is just to have these open conversations about questions on business. And, you know, we're all artists trying to figure out the business side of things. And, uh, and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a marathon. That's for sure. Um, Without further ado, do we have a meme of the week? We have a meme of the week. I made it during this episode. So it's very topical. Uh, I just just click a button and it will be on your screen. Here it comes. So I have a gentleman on a bicycle, living life to his full, you know, he's happy. He's fully booked. (laughs) A new client email comes in or a phone call and says, hey, uh, you know, I've got some work for you. Well, what can you do for me? The happy guy on the bike doesn't say no. So all he's really doing is sticking a stick in his front wheel and it ruins his life. And then he questions when he's in pain on the side of the road, why am I burnt out? And that is the meme of the week. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. 
That's a good one. I think that one's going to get a post. Nice. I open it in the Discord and do what you will with it. Um, I thought it might be something of uh, like the Drake hot, hotline bling being like, this project, uh, I, uh, it's low budget, but I've got a lot of other projects in the pipeline for you. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's a meme creator these days everyone's a meme creator that's all i got though i don't even have the, the other side of it it's just that <laughs> anyway uh all right well thanks all for joining this week uh i thought this was a really cool conversation and hopefully some people got some things out of it um we will be here every monday 3 p.m eastern time noon pacific and i looked it up today 7 p.m utc that might change when we start daylight savings or I don't know, but something like that. Anyway, uh, if you want to find us on social, you can just start typing in Monday meeting and it will pop up. I don't really know our exact handle. And yeah, if you, you could also email us at info at mondaymeeting.org with any comments, suggestions, criticisms, whatever. Um, but again, thank you all for joining. We appreciate everyone participating. And if you did say anything this week that you don't want out into like the recording or public or whatever, just let us know. We can can just cut that out. Please just always cut me out. Always like just put like a black (laughs) fencer bar over me. (laughs) Just bars and tone for all you podcast listeners. (laughs) <laughs> or like the uh, like protected services thing, like oh, silhouetting and like do the war. Why I'm James. That would be amazing. Uh, anyway, yes, thanks again. We will see you next week. Have a great week and talk soon. Bye.